from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Of course, we are here on Facebook Live as well, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. All of it is inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Make sure you go and uh, hop into Charney's. They were allowed to open back up as of June 1st with everything from coronavirus because um, they were considered non-essential. Obviously, these clothing stores and whatnot. So make sure you hop in there and show them some love. And we are at that point in today's show, proudly brought to you by Monpa's Cattle Corner Popcorn Factory. What's popping? Hour 2. We're with Katie Kalinski. She is with Lafayette uh, Women's Basketball as an assistant coach. She spent seven years with the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team on the staff and she is a native to here. She is a Central New Yorker, and she went to West Jenny. And you know our connection to uh, West Jenny here in the community is uh, very, very tight and close-knit here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. So a lot of great stuff, and above all things, she's a great friend of mine, and she was with me the day that the Toronto Raptors won a national championship. I should say an international championship because we're in Canada, but the day that they won an NBA ring, uh, Katie was the only person sitting in that room with me. So we have that uh, forever, and I'm very happy to bring her on to the show for so many reasons, uh, the the biggest one being an awesome friend and uh, making me laugh whenever we have conversations. So, Katie, how are we doing today? <laughs> good, Dan. How's everything going? I'm going good. You know, I just had my one-year anniversary of, of, of that Raptors championship, and the longer the NBA waits, the longer I get to milk this uh, championship. So I'm uh, I'm doing okay right now. I know you're a Laker. And so I know we got to talk about that, but you know, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, going back to that moment, that was, that was a pretty intense moment because I, I kind of like, I shot you a text and I was like, you want to watch the game? And you were like, yeah, we went out, we watched the game and we got to see the Raptors went like, you got to, you got to understand, like I was, when I started, was it 24 years ago? So I was 10 when I became a Raptors fan and or 25 years ago now. So yeah, no, but I was 10 at the time. And actually nine, because my birthday is late. And I, I became I became a Raptors fan at nine years old. And then you got to sit next to me in the greatest moment of Raptors history for me. So you get to have that claim to fame that you were the only one in the room. So any of my friends that you meet, you got to one up on everybody at this point. <laughs> you know, Dan, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So I get the feeling, I understand what that feels like to have to wait yeah. a very long time <laughs> to get a championship. So you know, I'm glad we were able to watch the game together, and, you know, I was happy for Toronto, I'm not going to lie, I did not want to see Golden State win another one, I mean, that's just, how boring, <laughs> I was tired of them, so I'm, I'm happy that Toronto, you know, they were a fun team to watch too, you know, they didn't know, people, like, didn't make a big deal about Kawhi going there, but they didn't realize the other pieces and assets they had with a really good coach, so, uh, it's actually funny, because the year before, we complained about them firing their coach, and they actually did they, they knew what they were doing, I think. 
Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, they they had players from the G League. They had their head coach from the G League. And, you know, they ended up winning an NBA championship of 24 years in the making. So awesome. And it all started with Kawhi's laugh at the press conference. And it ended with Kawhi actually speaking. And I couldn't believe it that when he won the ring, like, he actually talked. And he did the did the interview and, and whatnot and and so I mean it was it was so intense I still I'm it, it's still I'm still in shock like I still don't feel like it happened and it's still crazy to me but uh, such an awesome moment and and we joked about how much I talked about Toronto when you came on the show then you started bringing it up but now I can talk about it for the rest of my life because I think the rule is if your team wins a championship you can always put it in a conversation no I agree I mean you're always gonna live with that you know for sure and you know I'll never forget when the Eagles won the Super Bowl because I was the Syracuse men's basketball we were traveling to Louisville and our plane like got messed up so we didn't leave until the Super Bowl like the beginning of the Super Bowl we were on a plane and I had no idea what was going on and it was like the worst experience of my life <laughs> I rewatched the game like 10 times since then but it was just I'll never forget that like I didn't even get to watch the like first three quarters of the Eagles Super Bowl because we were literally on a plane to Louisville. Wait, and that's and that's nuts. And my buddy Rob Drummond, who obviously played for SU, uh, he's a big Eagles fan. He, he played for the Eagles for a few years, and and to you know, I mean, like I got to celebrate that with him, and you got to you got to celebrate you know them winning and whatnot. I mean, it, it's been a, it's been a good last few years, and and your Eagles took down Goliath with the Patriots. My Raptors took down Goliath with the Golden State Warriors. So I would say, Katie, you know, you and I, Rob, we're trending upward right now, which is a good thing. We, we, we are, because you know the Lakers are going to win the championship this year. Uh, so let's talk about it. Let's get into the Lakers. LeBron bought another team, and he brought in Anthony Davis and company. I mean, obviously, you know, he goes in there last year, and the Lakers weren't that good, and they didn't make the playoffs, and nobody expected them to because, you know, that's what happens. LeBron comes to the team. And they got to build it, and they got to have all those contracts go away, and bring in those you know big time players to be around him and whatnot. So they did that with LA yes last season. This season, the expectation was they were going to skyrocket, which they did. Uh, nobody really expected, but due to injury, Golden State just fell completely off the map. The only team that was eliminated from the playoffs before. Uh, they made the decision with the new uh, NBA restart. They were the only team that were eliminated officially through like 67 games. So what's your take on year one to year two? And did you anticipate this massive jump by the Lakers? I mean, I saw it coming because this is kind of like what LeBron does. But how did you take it, you know, seeing him come in and have that year of kind of, all right, everybody's got a one-year deal except for LeBron, and then, you know, do what they did this year? Did you expect it to flip that quickly? Well, you know, I the year before that, when, you know, we, we had, like, Lonzo Ball as our point guard, we we still didn't – we weren't that bad when LeBron was playing, which was the crazy part. We were over 500, if people remember. They had just won on Christmas Day, you know, a big win, and then he goes down with a groin injury, and then, you know, it was downhill from there. You know, whenever you have LeBron on your team, you're always going to have a chance to win. And I think people need to realize how great LeBron actually is. I, I grew up, I'm a Kobe person. I'll always be a Kobe person. But you got to give credit where it's due. Even going back to some of his, like, first finals, like, those guys on those teams, like, he had no business being in the finals. You know, so it doesn't surprise me because I still don't even think, like, if you compare the Clippers roster to the Lakers roster right now, I, I think the Clippers are way more talented than what the Lakers 
have. I mean, you have AD and LeBron, but I mean, you got Rondo. You know, they they got Dwight Howard as their center. You know, so I don't think you got an old Danny Green who hasn't performed that great this season. Uh, so I think what LeBron has been able to do with not as much as you know. I mean, obviously, when he went to Miami, he had a lot. Um, but I don't think he has a lot on this team besides Anthony Davis, you know. And I, like I said, I think the Clippers are way more talented. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, I like Toronto this year. I think Toronto has a good chance. You know, I think with Siakam playing the way he's playing and, you know, Van Fleet and those guys doing what they need to do, I, you know, I think they have an equal, you know, chance to win it all too. So I think it's going to be fun to see. Um, I don't think there's one team that's just, like, so dominated over another team like you saw with Golden State. So I think if they do resume play, I, I think it's going to be a fun playoffs to watch. Yeah, you know, and, and there's obviously a lot of conversation on how they're going to resume it. There's there's information that's up about it right now. They chose to have 22 of the 30 NBA franchises uh, be represented and uh, essentially, you take the top eight of each side, which they do for the playoffs anyways, the East and the West, and then they took one team from the East and they took the rest from the West uh, to make out uh, what what essentially is this 22-team, uh, eight teams are staying at home, inclu- including Golden State, believe it or not, and they're going to try and NBA restart this at the end of July and have the season run to October, a little bit before my birthday, and then have the draft and all that stuff go on. And then essentially start the next NBA season in December instead of October. So they want to get everything in and only have to push back their season a couple months for the upcoming 2020-2021 season. So it'll be interesting. Uh, what do you think about it, Katie? I'm sure you know, you've know you been looking it up and kind of tracking what's going on. What do you think about the NBA's plan to return to action with 22 teams in uh, Walt Disney World? I mean, I like that they're you know making an attempt to play. You know, I, I think that that's important because it's like, why why just give up a season that was, you know, trending towards the end and into the playoffs? You know, like, I guess some people are like, well, let's just restart next season, you know, but we'd be a whole year away from NBA finals. And, you know, I don't think it's very fair to some of the guys, like, especially the teams that have a chance to win a championship, like the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, Toronto, just to upend their season when, like, you're just not going to have a championship Yeah, I think that's kind of silly. Um, I don't think there should be an asterisk next to the season either. I mean, if you win the championship, you win the championship. Um, you know, Michael Jordan never had to deal with this. He never had to deal with the virus and having a season end. You know, can you imagine the Bulls, you know, on their quest to their championship, just having their season end, and, you know, MJ only ends up with five final, like, championships. So it's like, I think it's good that they're trying to play. I want them to play. Uh And I think it's only fair to let these guys compete. Uh, As long as they can stay safe, you know, that's number one. You know, but it seems like they've done a lot of research and how to keep players safe. And, you know, everything else is opening up in the world. You know, sports are being played in other countries. So, you know, why can't we trend towards that? Well, yeah. I'm in full agreement. And that's the thing, like you said, you know, you don't want to see a season go away. You know, obviously, uh, the NCAA had uh, had to see that we didn't have any March Madness. Uh, how did you handle that? I mean, obviously, you're an assistant at Lafayette, so you know, women's basketball, men's basketball. There was not, there was nothing. I mean, there there was no tournament. There was, you know, an end to conference tournaments that hadn't already completed themselves. So, you know, we we had zero March Madness, which. You know, I feel like people try to forget, but it's a reality. You know, in in this beautiful 2019-2020 season, due to coronavirus, there was not 
there was there was no no dancing for Division One uh, basketball on the men's or women's side. How did you handle that? And you know, as a fan, but also as a coach, how did you handle that? I mean, at first, you know, when everything was happening, and you know, even like Syracuse was about to play Louisville that night, and you know, the ACC tournament, the players were on the floor warming up, and it was a lot of unknowns out there. And at the time. You know, the Ivy League was the first league to come out and say we're not playing our conference tournament. And, you know, a lot of people were upset by that because there wasn't a lot of understanding going on with the virus. And then, you know, everything kind of followed suit after that. And sports were, you know, like pretty much the first things to really shut down, Um, you know, especially the NBA after they had a couple positive tests. And there was just so much unknown. And you just like you just didn't know. Like we were told we were going to be back to school in three weeks. And. You know, you wait it out, you wait it out, and we still haven't been back to school or work. Uh, so it's a, it's a really crazy situation. You know, it, it was a lot of emotions that you play a whole season. You know, well, I mean, our season was over with, but we were going to try to get into the WNIT or WBI. Um, so that kind of got cut short for us. You know, it would have been our first postseason that we've ever had. Um, but it just, like, it just stinks for other teams that had t- chances to win championships. And you, I just, it's, like, unfathomable that you compete for a whole entire season. You know, like, you got to think the players are there all summer working out, yeah. you know, and then you, in early, late August, you know, you can start practicing. And your season goes all the way until March. So you do all that training, all the way coaching and everything, all the way up until March. And then, bam, it's done. Just like that. Everything you work towards, every day of practice, every day of working out, lifting, all that for the players is just done, which was, I, I don't know, like, you, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again, which is so crazy to think about. Well, yeah, and I, and I hope we don't. You know, I hope we never see anything uh, anywhere near that again. But like you said, I mean, you, you brought it up, you know, to go one step further is, you know, you're there in the day-to-day, you're in the lab, so to speak, and you're watching these players just give everything that they have you know they're they're practicing they're training they're going you know watching film you know they're they're lifting they're running they're doing every you know taking up shots and whatnot i mean there's there's so much to be said about all this work that gets put in just to be told ah yeah sorry guys you know like it's over you know we're not going to have a rest of the season this season i hope you hope y'all get home safe you know i I remember talking with uh, with Lemoyne and uh, women's basketball, Gina Castelli. She said we were on the road and we were supposed to play our game, and they t- you know kind of turned us around, told us to go back home. They had to stay in a hotel. They were told to go back to Lemoyne. They had a half an hour. The players had thirty minutes to go get all their stuff on campus and get off of campus. And so it's like here, you know, we're playing a game today. Oh no, we're not. Okay, so we're sleeping in a hotel in this city that we don't know. And now we're going back to Lemoyne, and now we got less than an hour to pack up our lives and see you next semester. And I mean, so it's you bring up that point of like, yes, it's basketball, and yeah, we want to see March Madness, but these are people's lives, and these lives were changed instantaneously. And for seniors, it, it kills you to look at that and say. They put all this work in. They did all the. They, they got to this point. They did all these things, and now it's done. And and there's no life of you know what's to come from here. You know, D three was in the thick of things, but they had to stop. D two was getting there, but they had to stop. And you know, D one we hadn't seen the NCAA tournaments yet because we haven't even didn't even have the selection process. And teams like Dayton for men's basketball, who's never at the top. You know, it's like, will they ever be there again? Will it take another 25 years to do it? I mean, how long is it going to take for Dayton to do this again? So, you know, it's kind of, it's heartbreaking 
when you really break it down, and I think when you think of senior classes, it's killer because that's the end. And to have it cut short in the spring sports, you know, my cousin Sammy, she plays for Albany uh, Women's Lacrosse. That was her senior year. She didn't have one. And she has a job. So they told her she could come back, but she's not going to give up her job to come back and play because she's done with her school. So, you know, I, I just I feel like we really have to think about the plight of the athlete and how just horrible it is to just see everything end, especially if you're a senior. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's just, it's unfortunate. And I know everyone's affected equally, um, you know, even high school sports and, you know, not having spring sports. And, it, it, you know, it's just sad. Like, even as a high school senior, you know, you're ex- expecting to have your, you know, lacrosse season and, you know, softball and baseball season. And next thing you know, it's just gone, you know, and you don't even get high school graduations. And, you know, that's the last time, you know, we didn't know if we were ever going back to school. And then it's the last time you see your classmates. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's it's just, it's crazy, you know, how everything changed so quick and, you know, we still don't have answers. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's the thing that's been nuts through all this is that we just still don't know exactly what's going on. We're speaking here with Katie Kalinske this morning. Katie is with us from Lafayette Women's Basketball, also a native of Central New York, went to West Jenny and uh, was with the Syracuse staff for seven seasons for men's basketball. Katie, now that you're back at home here in Central New York, what are you doing? What's life like? Are you are you ready to you know? Are your parents driving you nuts? Are you driving your parents nuts? Where are you, where are you at right now with? Because now family's all under one roof again. So you know, in a lot of situations. So what's life like being back in Central New York? You know, it's not it's not bad. Uh, my parents actually they were deemed essential um, from the beginning, so they go to work all day. Luckily, because um, if we were all stuck in the same house every day, I'd probably be going crazy. Uh, but we have a great Dane that is a very needy dog. So, like, I, he just wants my attention all day. And, you know, that's kind of annoying. But it's good because we get to work from home. And, you know, every morning we pretty much are on staff call, you know, with our with our head coach. And we're talking recruiting. And, you know, we got our 21 recruiting class, you know, closed up during this pandemic. And, you know, we're focusing on the 22 and 23 class, which is great. And, I make a lot of phone calls, a lot of recruit phone calls, um, talking to a lot of 22s at the moment, uh, a lot of AU coaches, you know, a lot of high school coaches. So it's good. You know, it's good just to reach out and, you know, talk to people. And, you know, a lot of people in the basketball community have done Zoom calls, um, you know, just learning and growing the game. So I've been able to learn, you know, grow during this time. Um, I'm reading a new book. You know, I'm just trying to stay fresh. Um, You know, obviously, you know, it's out there that I'm pregnant as well. So, uh, you know, trying to stay away from people and not get sick, you know, before delivery and, you know, keep the baby healthy is a number one priority for me right now. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I brought that up in, you know, having you on here today that, you know, you have uh, you have a, a new life that's going to be coming into this world in mid-August. And so what's, what's that been like for you? I tell people all the time, and, you know, it's no matter what a man can say, we will never, ever, ever understand childbirth completely and, uh, and and everything that comes with that. So it is tremendous. Women are beacons of hope and light. I mean, it's crazy what a woman can do with her body to bring life in. You're experiencing that firsthand right now. So what what can you tell me about going through, you know, your, your first ever pregnancy and carrying life in this, you know, very soon going to be coming into this world. So what's that been like for you? 
you know, it's, it's been scary, you know, a lot of the time because, again, there's a lot of unknowns with the virus and, you know, it's just, it, has, it hasn't been normal. Uh, you know, you can't have anyone into your doctor appointments with you, so you got to go alone. Um, you know, so, you know, that's been different. And, you know, like you said, like with the virus, like you, I get weary being around people. You know, I don't want to be around a lot of people because you just don't want to get sick because you just don't know what could happen if you get sick. And, you know, it's just, it's just crazy because, you know, when I first found out I was pregnant, there was no pandemic going on, you know, so everything changed so quickly, uh, you know, but, you know, some blessings have come out of it. You know, I'm having the baby in Syracuse in August, which is great. Um, I was going to have the baby in Pennsylvania. Um, so I got doctors up here now and, you know, I'll be able to have my family up here with me. But even when you give birth, you know, you only can have one person in the delivery room, which is like you always have visitors. You always have people that come and see you, you know, the next couple of days after you give birth. And, you know, that's going to be different. And they try to get you in and out of the hospital now. And, you know, it's definitely scary times. Um, but, you know, you just got to have faith that it's all going to work out. And, you know, you just got to do what you can to stay healthy. Um that's it I don't know I just it's just like there's so much that you don't know about pregnancy until you actually go through it um and then you're just like wow like women are like BA like they are just they're tough you know because some days I wake up and I, I'm just so angry at the world and my feet are, like my feet are swollen I don't even want to walk and you know it's hard to sleep with a huge stomach and uh you know so I give women a lot of credit because you really don't know until you're going through it and you're just like wow like it's just unbelievable, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're bringing a new life into the world, and it's exciting, you know, like, I can't wait to be a mom, and, you know, I can't wait to meet my daughter in a couple months, uh, you know, it, people don't realize, too, how long nine months actually is, because, <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like I, the baby should be here by now, but, like, I'm only on, like, seven months and months and two weeks, I'm like, all right, I'm ready, uh, so it's definitely a long waiting period. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, I mean, it is, it's, and it's so, like you said, you're going through this and there's, there's women that are listening right now. There's families that are listening right now and watching that are like right there with you. You know, one of my, uh, one of my friends, Jen, she, it was funny. I called her and she, you know, she does like travel stuff with Disney and whatnot. And I, I called her up and she answered the phone and we hadn't talked in a bit. And I was like, hey, Jen, how you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, you know, I got a Disney show, Dan, on Disney. And we were talking about working together and doing some stuff with travel. And so I just said to her, like, off the cuff, like, oh, you know, when can you talk? And she was like, um, well, can I call you back in a couple hours? And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I'm thinking in my head she has a meeting. I'm thinking, like, you know, I know she has a child already. So maybe they were doing something. Maybe they were traveling. She goes, um, I'm in the hospital. I just had a baby yesterday. Can you give me a couple hours and I'll call you back? And I was like what are you, what are you, I was like, don't talk to anybody for like three weeks now. Like you need to go heal and just sit. And you know, like I, I feel like I'm going to be the type of person where I'm just going to like, I'm just, you know, when, when I get to have my first kid, I'm just going to carry, carry that woman of mine, like out of the, be like, you are going home. You're going to lay down. You're not going to do anything. Like, you know, you've, you've done enough for the nine months that, that you've, that you've had to go through this. But I mean, there's people listening right now going through that and, you know, such an interesting pregnancy that, you know, coronavirus and everything with uh, social injustice, which has been going on for a long time, but, you know, rioting and peaceful protests and, and just seeing the world go through this and it's an election year. So you've really like run the game. You picked a perfect time to have a baby, Katie. <laughs> but it's, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, you never know. And like you said, the world was just going on fine. And then it stopped and then it 
came up again, but it was not looking good. So I'm sure that this has been a very interesting road for you and for other soon-to-be moms out there. Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, you know, the big thing for me was I was waiting to see if we were going back to work this summer. It was such a waiting game. And then I'm like, well, do I get a doctor in Syracuse? Do I go back to PA? You know, there's a lot of unknowns. Like, everyone's dealing with. Everyone's dealing with the unknown. And, you know, so it's just you take it one day at a time. And, you know, some days are more stressful than others. But you just got to stay positive, uh, you know, because everything will always work itself out. Uh, you know, and there's a plan for everybody. So, you know, I've just been trying to stay positive and, you know, just getting ready fully as I can, you know, to be a mom. Like, that's the number one thing that I've just focused on during this time is, you know, how to be the best mom I can be and how to, you know, be healthy. So that's just like, that's been my number one. But, you know, I know everyone's dealing with, you know, things in their lives right now. You know, some people don't have jobs and people have gotten furloughed and, you know, the unemployment rate is going up and, you know, there's just a lot going on in the world. So, you know, I just try to count my blessings because, you know, I still have my job, you know, I still get a paycheck. So, you know, I've been blessed at the same time because it could always be worse. What's recruiting like during Corona? I know you said you guys, you guys have like wrapped up classes. You're already moving out to 2022, but what's recruiting and, and all of this been like being pregnant, being home, coronavirus, how have you, how have you ad-libbed your job to still be successful and to still, you know, be the Katie Kalinske that we all know that you are? How have you continued that? I think the biggest thing is like, we're so, us, our staff as a whole is very organized. Yeah. Um, when we were out on the road last summer, we already had a good list of, you know, players we were interested in and wanted to recruit. And, you know, a lot of people on our staff have been coaching for a long time, so they have a lot of, you know, connections in, like, the AU world and high school world. So, you know, it's been a good time to reach out. And, you know, if we want to add some kids to our list, you know, we reach out, we get some film. So a lot of recruiting right now is just based off of film, unless you've seen them live or know who they are. Um, so it's been different, you know, but it's been good because I felt like we've had a lot of time to really get to know some 22s and 23s and you know, which has been good because maybe we wouldn't have had that opportunity. You know, I know we've missed out on some live periods to go watch kids and we probably could have seen more kids, but, yeah. you know, we're really happy with the list that we have and we're really happy with the work that we, we put in in the last couple of months. And, you know, every day, you know, just make calls, you know, talk to people, you know, reach out, you know, check in with people, you know, see how people are doing during these times. So I think it's just been refreshing just to be able to, you know, still be able to do our jobs and, you know, have a good, like, we're really happy where we're at with our recruiting, and, you know, we, we give it our best effort every day, so, you know, I think it's been good a good time to, you know, reflect and just recruit and, you know, get to know as many people as you can and, you know, get real genuine relationships with the kids, uh, so, you know, I've enjoyed this time to get to know a lot of people. Yeah, speaking here with Katie Kalinske, uh, an assistant coach with Lafayette Women's Basketball and was here with Syracuse for seven seasons with men's basketball. Uh, Katie, for, for you, as you step forward, you know, when you go back into this upcoming season, and I mean, you really got to think about it this way, which is interesting. When you step into this new 2020-2021 women's basketball season at Lafayette as an assistant coach, you're stepping in to your second season with Lafayette, and you're stepping into your first season as a mom. How how, how are you looking at all that? <laughs> you know what? I try not to think about it because I'm like, how the heck am I going <laughs> to a single mom in Pennsylvania raising a, a child yeah. while working a full-time coaching job, you know, and by the time I get back on campus after my leave, it's going to be right in the nick of the season. You know, we're going to be starting scrimmages a couple weeks after, and, you know, it's going to it's gonna be a tough transition, and, 
you know, you just, you got to have a good support system, which I, you know, I do have at Lafayette, you know, I love our staff, you know, and I love our players on our team and they've been so supportive. So you just got to pray on it, you know, and give it your best effort. And, you know, there's going to be sleepless nights and you're going to have to wake up and you're going to have a full day of work and, you know, then you're going to have practice after that and you're going to have to give, you know, the 15 kids on your team, you know, the same type of energy that you give your daughter. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to be tough, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just got to be positive and you got to make it work. You know, I have no yeah. choice. Like, you got you to gotta support your daughter and your family. And you sometimes you just got to, you know, do things that are tough. And like I said, having a support system is going to be big. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's a lot of unknowns, but you just you got to run with it. Um, you got you have to make it work. There's no choice. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all works out. That coming here from Katie Kalinsky. Katie, before we jump into our last uh, portion of today's show, uh, to look at the 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 state of of the world for you, uh, you you have always been. I mean, for as long as I've known you and in our friendship and our connection that we've had, you have you have always been uh, positive, you know, and and wanting to uplift people and 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 see good people rise and really you know see you know be a good judge of character and see kind of you know who people are and what they're about. Uh, what we're seeing going on in the world right now, besides coronavirus with racial injustice and whatnot, I mean, you have worked around people of all different colors of the rainbow and backgrounds and creeds and ethnicities. How have you taken all of this, and, and what type of world do you want your daughter to come into? Yeah, you know, I've always been a big, you know, person to, you know, stand up for Black Lives Matter, um, you know, equality for women and minorities. Uh, you know, I don't... And beforehand, like, let's say even a couple of years ago, I had putting out, you know, supporting Kaepernick or, you know, which I always have supported Kaepernick. You know, I always saw his bigger picture that a lot of people who act like racism isn't there tried not to see it, um, you know, because people don't like hard conversations. Um, but conversation need to be had um, because, you know, there's still a lot of things that haven't changed. Like, yes, you know, I'm just happy that people can finally talk on a platform even on their like social media where they know they're not going to get fired for saying it because before you could put that out there that you know equality black lives matter you know there's unfair uh things going on in the world but you could get fired for it because other people didn't see it that way you know and if you're the only person talking about it like kaepernick who got fired from his job who didn't get another opportunity because he spoke about it um, is a prime example of that. So I think I'm, I'm happy that we can finally speak freely on it. And I think, you know, things have to change. And, you know, I don't even think we've touched on a, a number of issues that are still going on in the, uh, in the country. You know, obviously police brutality is big and they're talking about signing, you know, laws into place now to change that. But there's a lot of other things like the NFL has to put out a thing saying that they're going to hire more minority coaches like that shouldn't be a thing you know it should be equal opportunity for anyone who is qualified to get a job uh women are paid less than men in our country um black women are paid less than that in our country uh so there's just so many other issues that need to be talked about and expanded on and change like i just want to see change it's time you know i'm tired of it there's no reason to have any type of racism and like it, everything's equal we're all equal people we're all human beings we're all just trying to make a life we're all just trying to make change and you know I'm, just, I'm happy that we're finally speaking on it um you know it's just time and you know people are protesting and it's not just black people protesting it's white people protesting you know all different races are protesting because we're all unified and that's how things change when we all decide that we're going to see you know, there is an issue. We're not going to put blinders to the issue, and then we're going to change as individuals. So, 
uh, you know, I just want my daughter, um, you know, I, I have a mixed daughter coming into the world and I don't know how she's going to be accepted, you know, so I want her to be able to come into a world where there's equality, where she can get equal job opportunity as a, you know, interracial uh, woman. Um, and, you know, hopefully things just keep changing for the better because, you know, we're in 2020, like, it's just, it's sad. It's sad that it's even having to, you know, still be brought up. But yeah. again, you know, people don't want to see it. You know, we have a lot of people in power that are older generations who tend to act like it's not there. And, you know, I think, you know, in November, people need to go vote. Know who your local government is. Know who what they stand for. Pay attention who's been quiet during these times and pay attention who's been racist during these times and, and vote them the heck out of office. That, that's how I feel. Well, you know, and it's a reality. You know, when I was in when I was in Pennsylvania, uh, there was there was somebody running for mayor of a local town, and I am proudly, you know, have have Hispanic background, and I love, and my family's watching today, and 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 from Spain, and I love, I I, I love everything about my connection and my nationality, and I pride myself in it, and so to me to be on on that side. And, you know, I remember I was living in an apartment. So obviously this this lady owned the apartment and the uh, the apartment that I was in, she put up this sign for the mayor. And the whole thing about him was that he was allegedly telling people to go door to door and find illegal immigrants and send them home. And I go, well, what are you looking for? People that are tan, people that speak Spanish. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're illegal and it doesn't mean they're all from Mexico because that was also another thing that people had said in front of me. Oh, you're Hispanic, so you're from Mexico. And I was like, well, that's highly racist. Like, we're not all from Mexico. So there was, there was in like, you know, stealing jobs and all that stuff. And I'm like, my God. So you hear all these things that people say and you hear stuff about this guy that's running for mayor and she put the sign up and I took it down because I had an apartment there. She put the sign up again, and I took it down again. She zip-tied the sign, and she called me, and she said, do you know why my sign keeps getting taken down? And I played stupid. I was like, well, what, you know, what do you mean? And she goes, oh, well, the sign's down. And I said, well, just out of curiosity, why do you feel the need to put it up? She's like, well, that's my house. I own it. I said, right, you own this house, but the people, some of the people that live in this house do not agree with your views. And if you are a Hispanic person, and you knew that somebody was on your, and you, there was a sign on your front lawn with someone who disrespected your entire background and ethnicity. Would you be okay with that? So I said, you, I think that you, you know what, this is your house, you own it, but I pay rent here. If you want to put that sign on your front lawn and that's who you want to support, then do that. But putting that sign on my front lawn is telling all my friends that I don't, I don't, <laughs> that I'm a standing against my own people, and I can't do that. So. I was going to take it down. I was going to pee on the sign. I was going to rip it down every chance I got. But, you know, it's just, to me, like you said, you brought it up, like when you know what people stand for. And I was so vehemently against what this man stood for. And the thing that's sad is not only did he get voted into office, he eventually made it to Congress. So now, I mean, I don't know if he's still there. I'd have to look that up and check because I'm not in Pennsylvania anymore. But he's representing the entire country now, which is disgusting. And, you know, so it's like any Hispanic should look at him and go, Jesus, why, like, why is this man in office right now with those views? But we have to vote. And I think that what annoys me so, so much, no matter who you're voting for, what you're doing, what annoys me is when people go, well, I'm not going to vote because my vote doesn't count. And if you think that, then 
the person then you you have no right to say anything about who makes it into office number one but it takes away there's 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 few things that we can do even though we're supposed to be the land of the free there's few things we could do to enact change like that and you know i just feel like katie on both sides of the spectrum no matter what party or whatever people are connected to there are people in office right now who do not represent us and they do not represent good and they do not represent uh, you know, uh, love for all races and all sexes and sexual orientations and creeds and religions and whatnot. And I feel like if someone is in, in, in any office, judicial, uh, executive, legislative, anybody that's representing us locally or nationally or regionally needs to be somebody who spreads love and not hate. And I think that we really need to do our due diligence of researching who stands for love and who does the right thing, not because they were pushed to, but because they chose to. And that's who we should be voting for. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, we need we need someone in office that's gonna bring everyone together. You know, people yeah. are actually surprised about Trump right now and his views and his lack of bringing people together. I'm like, he showed who he was four years ago when we elected him. He talked the same way about women. He talked the same way about um, people. You know, he's always attacking other people. You know, and that that's just not leadership. That's not being a president. And, you know, it's sad that some people still think that's okay. Like, I don't even care about your political views or anything. It's just about being kind to others and being a good person. Just be a good person and bring people together. And that's what Obama did really well. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care that Trump's uh, Republican, but bring us together as one. Like, that is your job as a president, you know, for unity. And you're, and you're not doing that. You're bringing us farther apart. And that's the part I don't like. Um, and you can't even act surprised, you know, because uh, he's done it his whole life. Um, he's always acted this way, but people seem to not care. And, you know, people are still supporting him, which is fine. You can support who you want. But, you know, at the end of the day, when does it come about, you know, being doing the right thing? So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how November goes for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and my, my hope is just that, you know, whatever people do, they always say vote your conscience. You know, vote with somebody that you can sleep at night knowing that you made that decision. Uh, whether whether it ends up happening or not, just vote for who you truly believe uh, in your heart of hearts. You can you can sleep at night and, and put your head on the pillow and get a full night's sleep uh, making that decision. So Katie Kalinsky here with us having some fun. Katie, I want to flip the script here. I know that we've done stuff like this on the show before, but I'm not going to ask any questions. It's all you. It's rapid fire. You've been sitting in the house. Listen, you are pregnant. It is hot outside. You're sitting in the house. You got the parents there. Like you deserve to have, you know, uh, a little, a little gift today, if I may. So I'm going to give you the opportunity, not four, but five. I usually do four, but you can ask me any five questions in the world. We've known each other for a few years now, but rapid fire is all you. And I am on the hot seat 100% of this time. So you can ask me any five questions in the world, Katie, whenever you're ready. This is this is one of my gifts to you because you've you've been cooped up and dealing with all your stuff. So what do you got for me? Oof, tough. Who's going to win the NBA championship this year? Ah, oh, dang it. Um, I think I think the Raptors have a chance to rep the East, but I think I think the Lakers got a really good shot. If the Lakers play the Raptors, it's going to be tough as nails, and I'd probably right now side more with the Lakers, but I think the Clippers are also dangerous. So if I had to choose right now, I'd say Toronto, LA Lakers, and I think the Lakers have somewhat of an edge, but I hope that I'm wrong because obviously I love Toronto. Okay, okay. Who's the best uh, NBA basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan, without question. Oh, 
Without question. Without question. No questions. Championship-wise, Bill Russell. He's got 11. Kobe Bryant should be compared to Michael Jordan, not just LeBron. That's another story. But uh, it's very hard for me to make a Mount Rushmore because there's so many Lakers I put on it. And I'm not even a Laker fan, but when I do Mount Rushmore, I'm like, well, Magic's got to be up there, Kareem, Kobe. Then you think about Shaq and his career. So it's like, and then you think, well, Chamberlain. And so it's very, very difficult to figure out who's like the greatest of the greatest. But I I definitely think Jordan's got to be number one right now, in my opinion. Okay, okay. Um, This is tough. This um, does Syracuse get their 22 recruit on campus to play their their top guy to play in 22 class? Is he is he actually going to come or is he going pro early? You know, I want to say he's going to make it here, and my my uh, my gut right now is like, eh, you know, like my heart and my gut. I want to say yes, but it's a long time. And there's a lot of things that entice. And this world has kind of shown us how it can flip on its axis pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. But I'm hoping that he will. Right now, if it happened today, I'd feel pretty... I, I would be anxious, Katie. I'd be, I would be like... I would be like if I was on The Bachelor and I was one of the two guys left and I didn't know if I was the guy that was going to get the yes or the no from the girl at the end. That's how I feel right now. Like it's that moment where you're in the final two and you don't know how it's going to be. So I would uh, I would, I would, would tread lightly with it, but I'm hopeful. But if I've learned anything covering recruits, uh, you know, a couple years is a very long time. I think he could have a Carmelo Anthony type impact if he does come. I hope so. Um, I do. Who's your early starting five Syracuse men's basketball today? Oh my! My starting for this upcoming 2020, 2021? Yes. Okay. So, well, obviously there's been some change, and uh, you know the backcourt of Syracuse kind of just jettisoned away. You know, Bryson Goodine's gone. Jalen Carey's gone. Howard Washington Jr. Uh, who I was probably the closest to, he's gone, and uh, and then my guy, uh, my my dude, Mister Brendan Paul, he's out playing uh, for Fairmont D two, so shout out to him as well. Um, so if I had to pick right now, oh god, what Syracuse's roster was going to look like? Mm, it's tough. Um, I mean, obviously Joe Girard's going to bring the ball up. Buddy, Buddy will be out there as well. Marek, uh, you know, I I would have to say Brahma and Quincy. I mean, I guess I guess that's that's where I'm at. I probably have to lean on everybody that was coming back a little bit to go out there and do their thing. I think Joe did a good job as a freshman. I think he I think he still has a giant area to gain, and that's not a knock on him. I just think he has I think he has a lot of upside. I think uh, Buddy is so much more than what people think he is. Kind of like comparing him to Trevor Cooney. They think he only shoots threes. And then Marek is my guy. I love Marek. He wears my number, and he's just he's just a hell of a hell of a player. And then uh, Barama is is a lot better than centers that we've had in the past. And Quincy, Quincy's Quincy's got Quincy's got some some definite upside as well. I don't even think Quincy knows where Quincy can go yet. So I guess I'd have to lean on the faces that we know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do think that I think Alan Griffin should be able to get a waiver in this time, uh, and hopefully, I think he would start uh, 
obviously start. I think it wouldn't even be a question. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm with you. What else you got? You got, uh, let's see here. I think you have two more. Two more questions. Oh, my. It what? doesn't have to be sports. You can ask me any, literally anything. Hmm, this is tough. I don't know. I got nothing. I, I got... Two in the world, Katie. We've known each other for how many years? Anything in the world. <laughs> What would I do if I was pregnant? You know, you can ask me that. <laughs> you, put, you put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. That's right. How many, how, how many miles you walked yesterday? How many miles did I walk yesterday? Yesterday was, uh, it was close to six miles was yesterday. So, yeah, because I'm averaging five to seven miles a day, and I've done 10 and 11. I'm over 700,000 steps in 50 days. I know that. So I've walked at least 330 miles altogether. Okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Last one. Make it count. Last one. Yes. Where's Syracuse going to finish in the ACC next year? Oh, my God. This is treacherous. I would say, oh, God, in men's basketball? Yep. Uh, I would say, hmm. That's relying a lot. I mean, it's Marek's last go. It's Brahma's last go. So, you know, and with, and with Allen coming in, I would, I'm going to say they're going to end in the top seven of the ACC. They're not going to be one or two, in my opinion, as of right now, my thoughts. But I think they're going to end in the top seven of 15. So they'll be in the upper echelon of the ACC. They'll be in the upper half of the ACC. I think I think something to me, I almost said top six, but something's telling me that they're probably going to end up like top seven in the ACC next year. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got top five at least because they had a lot of close games last year. They should have won in the ACC. Yeah. I think everyone's a year older, and I think if Alan Griffin can play, I think he makes up for um, makes up for oh my god, why am I blanking? Oh my god. Elijah? Eli- yeah. Yes, Elijah. I don't know why. Like I've known Elijah for like five years now, and I just totally just blanked on Elijah's name. Which you know, shout out to Elijah. You know, I, I can't wait to see where he ends up in the draft, and yeah. I think it's gonna be a steal for anyone who gets him. Yeah, you know the thing I like about Elijah is I said arguably he might be like one of the best draft picks to come out of Syracuse in a long time. You know, I really honestly think that his career in the NBA can be very it can bear a lot of fruit. I really do. I just my feeling on Elijah is that is that he is uh, he is definitely going to translate, and I'm excited for uh, what that's going to look like. My reason of putting them in the top seven and not the top five at the moment is because you know making up for Elijah, you're making up for a lot, and you're making up for a utility belt. So I I hope the best for Syracuse. I always do. And I hope the best for Elijah as we step forward. The draft is going to be like right before my birthday. I think it's October 15th and on the 21st if everything goes on schedule. So uh, excited for that moment and to see what can happen. I still remember sitting in my car, pulled over, and I was in the city of Syracuse. I was downtown. And I did a, I was supposed to do an interview with Elijah Hughes, and he was coming from East Carolina. And I pulled in to uh, a parking lot so that I could do the interview and I did it in the car recorded everything in the car had my like record my uh, travel recorder and all of that and I remember that was the first conversation I ever had with Elijah so uh, definitely he means a lot to me I remember those moments and I'm I'm hoping the best for for this young man I really do I for I just do I feel like he's going to be one of those players that comes out of Syracuse that you know really did 
find his way in the NBA, and I'm excited to see it. No, for sure. So we'll see. You know, hopefully every, everyone stays healthy. I know some, you know, college football teams are coming back and guys are testing positive and now they're shutting workouts down. And, you know, we'll see what happens when guys test positive during the season and what the protocol is and how, how does that shut things down and, you know, our games being played. You know, there's a lot of things and variables that can happen in the next couple months. So, you know, hopefully everyone can stay safe and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and more than anything, I hope people are – safe and sound and happy and i know you're probably like 15 minutes away from me but hopefully at some point katie you and i can link up and catch up here because i i know that uh you're kind of in in your bubble right now with baby but hopefully we we can catch up at some point right now i'm just you know i'm trying to stay healthy i'm like every day that's my goal to stay healthy today that's all you got to do katie kalinsky here with us lafayette women's basketball assistant coach and a member of Syracuse's staff in history for seven years. Katie, as always, I appreciate it. And uh, more than anything else, thank you for your text messages that always pump me up and make me laugh. Uh, fantastic person in our world, and we appreciate you. I already know your daughter's going to have a great mom. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Dan. Thanks for having me on, as always. You know, it's been a couple months since you invited me, so I'm glad I got the invite again. Well, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to let you just, you know, have your baby time and do that stuff. I didn't know that you were, if you tell me, Hey, look, I'm ready to go, which I should have known because I, I feel like you, you could like be pregnant with the baby playing basketball right now. I mean, I feel like you do it all and juggling at the same time. So, uh, no, I mean, definitely you've, you've been a, a huge part of what I do here on wake up call and you will continue to be that. But, uh, I, and I appreciate it as always. So please stay safe, stay healthy and, and uh, give my best to the family, and hopefully we'll get to see each other soon. For sure, Dan. Talk soon. All right, take care. Thanks.